Hello everyone and welcome to Kids and Corona. Um, today we're going to look at another form of communication that um, you may or may not have um, a good feeling about, but it can be something that opens up a new world for one or some of your children. And then at the end of this recording, I'm going to share with you an interesting correspondence that I've had of a long um, email from a mother who's struggling with managing all the work from school and the Zoom contacts, etc. And a note from a deputy head teacher giving some really interesting advice as to how we should be coping with all this. But first of all, the different methods of communication. And today I'd like to look at poetry. Poetry can have lots and lots of different ways of looking at the world. There can be fun poetry, there can be serious poetry, there can be poems that rhyme, poems that don't rhyme. The beauty of using poetry is we take language and we're using language in a different way. We're looking at the different meanings of words. We might be using metaphors of saying one thing is another when it isn't really, or similes using this is like this and this is like that. We can have poems that are acronyms with all initial letters down the side of the page. Giving children opportunity to read poetry, but also make poetry, can be a new method of communication that really sparks off one or some of your children. Let's look at this in terms of tots, tens and teens. With little ones, it's nursery rhymes. And in planning this, I remember that the age-old nursery rhyme, Ringa Ringa Roses, um, actually stemmed from the pandemic of 1918 because it was a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. Oh dear, doesn't sound so nice when listening to it like that. But poetry, um, nursery rhymes give children a sense of rhythm, give children a sense of language, sing to them, let them hear them. You can now watch them on videos. Um, a lot of children really do develop language well because they have been exposed to um, nursery rhymes. Primary school children, now we're looking at fairly simple poems, but often poems that are fun. Children love limericks. Um, you know, there was an old lady from somebody who somebody, 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 diddly-dee, diddly-dee, diddly-diddly-dee. Um, maybe give them ideas of some limericks that they could make up. Um, whether the weather be good, whether the weather be bad, will weather the weather, whatever the weather, whether we're happy or sad, who can spell that correctly? At this stage, when children are more linguistic, let them have fun with language and fun with words, or even write a more serious poem if they feel so inclined. With secondary school pupils, Really, the world is their oyster. Try and expose them to poems that use poetry in different ways, in serious ways, in thoughtful ways, in contemplation ways. Buy a bunch of daffodils, put it on the table and read the poem about the daffodils. 
using poetry can really help children know that they can express themselves in a way that they've never ever done so before. I hope this is helpful. And now to the two letters. The first letter is from a mother. I wanted to ask, read the balance of teaching versus fun versus cleaning this week. We're starting the virtual classes on Zoom and work set, and I do feel it's too much pressure on the mothers and the children. Each child needs attention, and while I can sit for 30 minutes doing a sheet or two, well done, Mum, or trying to teach something, I'm going to find it very challenging monitoring all the Zoom chats as well, and homeworks, and listening to recordings. I agree structure is important, but I don't think it's the school which can impose the structure of our day. What are your thoughts? I think it's that final sentence that's really critical. The school cannot impose your structure. But what you are best thought to do, best advised to do, is to create your own structure. It's wonderful that teachers um, have gone out of their way to prepare work and um, offer Zoom contact. Some schools are doing that with your children. Um, but very often they are only mindful of their class and their work. You might have three, five or can I know more children at home. How are you going to manage that? The most important thing is for you to be calm about it and for your child to be calm about it. Not that if they say I'm not doing any work, you say, OK, that's it. That's fine. Try and find a way of preventing the work that maybe if they don't do it today, they do it tomorrow. Most Zoom meetings, if not all of them, can be recorded. So make sure that they're recorded and build it into the structure of your child's day. I think the most important thing, though, is that it doesn't affect your relationship. And I'd now like to read to you. Um, an email I got from a deputy head teacher, and she wrote as follows. Hi, my name is Jelly Wilkes. I'm deputy head at Toratamima. Please could you also remind parents that they should be mummy and daddy and not Reba and teacher. It's really important they maintain a healthy relationship with their precious children they will need it during this crisis and for years after. They shouldn't be homeschooling and teaching, teaching. Children should ideally be able to do their work independently. And if they can't, the school should know. Now, that is one, I would say, very sensible head teacher's viewpoint on this. You might not share it, but there are different viewpoints. But the overriding thing is, it needs to be pleasant. If it's creating friction, stop for today. Maybe you'll resume again tomorrow. We'll do it in a different way tomorrow. But as Jenny said, it's the relationship that's most important. Have a really good day.